This week on the Jock and Nerd podcast, we review the 1996 comedy The Birdcage, plus the Daredevil TV series gets a new showrunner. The Marvels may have added a huge post-credit cameo. Five Nights at Freddy's breaks several box office records. Jonathan Major's legal troubles get worse as Loki gives us a crazy fourth episode and more all in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Monday, October 30th, 2023. Now listen here, bitches. You say you're looking for a podcast about comic books and TV and movies, but you don't know where to go? Well, stop whining and tune into the Jock and Nerd podcast. These are the only guys you'll ever need. They're jockey, they're nerdy, and they're bitches like you. So keep it on the Jock and Nerd podcast. You can run, but you can't hide, bitch. Check. Check one. Hey, yo, what's up, listener? How's it going? Thanks for pressing play, and welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news. Reviews and whatever we choose. Jock and nerd. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's a nerd. And joining us, he looks fabulous in a wig. It's Rug Boy. How's it going, Rugs? I never wear shoes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> everybody looks fabulous in a wig. The way my hair is leaving my head, I'm going to have to start wearing wigs very soon. Yeah. A wig on you? I like to see you shave your head uh, bald. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'd rather see you bald. Well, I don't know. Wig. wig is an upgrade because then I can change it every day. I like, can try I, different styles. Like you would wear like dreadlocks. Sure. Like, I would, like Adam Duritz. I would appropriate every culture I could and see what would happen. <laughs> see if I could get by. I'll have right. my Millie Vanilli length dreadlocks. I'll have the your Adam works. Yes, I'll have. I, I think you really got to just go bald. You got to embrace it. Be a big bald, scary bald man. Okay. You just—you, I think you would look actually look pretty decent, Paul. Really? Mm. Yeah. Well, where do you have hair right now? Let's get into this. Um, you know, <laughs> where normal people have hair, just like, do you have a horseshoe? It, he's got, yeah, he's got. It's like thinning a on top, and of course, there's like the big bald spot where it gets sunburned. Which you is, just got to do Hulk Hogan. You got to get a fucking a do rag. Yeah, get a bandana. Yeah, do rag. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, just walk around like your macho man. Start like Dude, that, that would actually be funny if you walk around. Like Imagine that. Imran just it, that's he just adapted that look. He became like the unmacho man. <laughs> <laughs> What's the opposite of macho? <laughs> that tank top we were looking at on the Discord, the uh with the mesh tank top and he's like, mania. He's like he's gaspacho man. It's I don't know. I can't, I can't think of anything funny. You know what? I'll uh, I will consider that. I'll workshop it. All right, I'll consider it. By the end of the show, gaspacho man. Oh man, that'd be good too. Let us <laughs> let me know, listener. You want to see me full shaved head bald, or should I start wearing wigs? There, I'll put out a poll. I don't know. You're the penultimate warrior. The penultimate <laughs> warrior. That's second to the last warrior. Uh, for everyone. Anyways, as my hair leaves us, the show has begun. Let's fucking get into it. We got a fun comedy movie to review. Some geek news to discuss. Here we go. The Jock, Jock and Nerd Podcast. We should try hymns for men. I don't think that works. <laughs> you mean going to church and praying? Yes, they were Catholic. Which which one of these books is gonna bring my hair back? 
Uh, uh, what, what I got to sing listen, to grow some hair? I'll read the fucking Torah, the Quran, the fucking old Bible, the new Bible, whatever it takes. Uh, all right. All the grow hair. Uh, yes. Yeah. All the grow, whatever it takes. God, please help me. Uh, all right. Anyways, uh, quick Hollywood <laughs> strike update. Anthony, tell them the news. They're not on strike. No, they are still on oh. strike. But oh, okay. it looks like they're in the final stretches of this thing, SAG. Why did you write it's over? After, my, I said the writer's strike. The writer's strike is over. The actor's strike might be over. Oh. Might well, be. You know, you got you to gotta be clear in what you're asking about. Well, the, posi- the situation isn't clear, so I, I understand your confusion. Yeah. They were negotiating all weekend, like on Sunday and shit. When they're when they're supposed to be watching football, they were negotiating. They didn't work it out yet. Ah, huh? wow. They, uh, from the reports I'm reading, it's in the final stretches, so it could be over this week. It's 108 days though, uh, right now, record of the thing. So, anyways, uh, that's still going on. In the meantime, remember we talked about Daredevil, uh, the show yeah. getting a whole creative reboot. Yeah. Well, Marvel has hired its first ever showrunner. Oh, shit. Wow. Wow. After after three years of making TV shows, they finally hired a showrunner. Uh, This dude's name is Dario Scardapane. He is the first showrunner. He's going to take over the Daredevil Born Again series. He has worked on Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan for Amazon. It's a good show. And on uh, The Punisher on Netflix. Marvel's Netflix, Hmm. The Punisher. Uh, and he's going to be taking over, trying to salvage what they have, looking at everything. Also, Justin Benson, Aaron Moorhead, who are currently directing episodes of Loki, who did Moon Knight, they are, were hired to direct the remaining episodes that they did not shoot. It says in this Hollywood Reporter article that they, Marvel will keep some scenes and episodes that have already been shot but other serialized elements will be injected. Scar to Pain will write the new episodes and new scenes incorporating what was already shot. So some bandaging, some damage control. Uh, what do you think about this pairing of this guy from The Punisher and the directors of Loki? Well, it's got some of that blood from uh, the Netflix Marvel. So yeah. that might be a good thing. Yeah. And, we, you know, the Daredevil Netflix show is great. And if you can get in some of that edgier stuff darker tone maybe he's got a hand he has to have a handle on it a little bit you know because he did work on something that was actually decent i mean both things the jack ryan show is good too it's very good it's good episodic television so uh hopefully it goes in that way jack ryan like you watch an episode of that you're watching the whole fucking thing yeah there's no way you're gonna just well i saw an episode i'm good no you're gonna watch the whole thing that's that's good TV. When you want, you you know you have to watch the next episode. Yeah, uh, and that's what Marvel does not have, unfortunately, because you get disinterested halfway through, a lot of the time. Because it feels like a giant movie just cut up randomly instead of like building to something, having a rhythm. Anthony, comment on these these guys. Well, I don't have any comment on these guys. I mean, sure they they've done some good stuff. It's good they have a showrunner. I would say that. Uh, quick shout out to Loki. Hell of a ending for this past oh my episode. god yeah we'll talk about that a little bit later but holy shit and uh they're doing a great job on that show i think the ones they've directed uh also uh jonathan majors was really good on that show speaking of speaking of that leads right into our next thing unfortunately majors while enjoying some praise for loki is uh we got some updates on his legal issues there and they're not great they're not great 
So we haven't heard anything for a while. Jonathan Major's defense team was trying to get the assault case thrown out of court. They wanted the 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 court the the charge to get dismissed, the whole suit to get dismissed. The judge in New York uh, denied the motion to dismiss, meaning Jonathan Majors will go on trial uh, in November, which is kind of crazy. It's not good. That's not good. Uh, on top of that, they were trying to prosecute his ex-girlfriend, the person who filed these charges. That also gets thrown out of court. They will not be going forward with them. The DA is not going to prosecute the other part. Whoa. So that's strike one, strike two. Uh, here's strike three. His trial is expected to start November 29th. He had a movie coming out later this year, just a few days after, early December. Magazine Dreams, coming from Disney and Starlight, where he plays a bodybuilder. Uh, this movie has been pulled off the release schedule. Which That's not good. Uh, that's not good either. That's three <laughs> things right there. I mean, that last thing makes sense from the studio's point of view when they found out that this case is actually going to face trial. So Ooh. where does that leave us? He's, I mean, he he's in Loki a lot, and I expect he's going to be in a lot of the the final two episodes. Yeah. Do you hear that they might? You think they might like swap about with another actor, like do a Loki, like do a female Kang? I, you know, I can see them pulling that. I think any, I think anything's on the table yes. if it doesn't go the way yes. they want it to go. So yes, we could be looking at Poon Kang. Poon Kang. Oh, <laughs> oh shit! Lame. Not funny. It wasn't bad. It was. It I tried to set it. It wasn't bad. It was. <laughs> It's a reach, but it's all right. But I mean, we've seen him already as the face of all the kings. But now, with we're looking, you see all this multiversal timeline shenanigans they're doing, and all these things they could easily just recast the guy. If there's two two things here, I think one you see how it plays out, but then you're really stuck if like it doesn't play out the way they needed to. Yeah, I mean, it has to play out. First off. Hopefully, whatever really happened comes out in trial, right? right. Like that. If he if he actually did that shit, then he should go to jail yeah. or whatever, yeah. whatever punishment. But let's say let's say let's say for Disney's perspective, either you let it play out and you just try you try to see if it's going to go their way, and you kind of salvage everything, yeah. Or you just cut the cord right now and go. It doesn't matter how it plays out. We can't afford this, and we just got to recap. I feel like they're in a they're in a wait and see strategy right now. I think they're doing the first one, yeah, yeah. for sure. They're waiting it out um, because they got a lot riding on this. It could change those Avengers movies. But, that, but the thing is, if you let it wait out and it doesn't go your way, you've mm. basically wasted all this time when you could have just casted someone. Man, that is a fucking pull the band. It's a off. pickle. Yeah, that's a catch. Yeah, it's it's definitely right a there. pickle. Mm. It's a it's major problem. Get it? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm two for two. I mean, hopefully, like you said, the truth does come out and, you know, justice happens, whatever actually happened. And if there's consequences, he should. The only know. caveat I could, the only like uh silver lining is that he's playing a bad guy. I don't know. Okay. He's not the hero. So. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. 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 Right, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. No, that, I see what he's saying. Mm. At least it's not. Yeah. You know, it's not, Captain it's not like America. The, yeah. 
that would be even shittier. But they just happened to hang the whole like future of this MCU thing on him. Oh yeah, I mean he was playing problem. variations of him. It yeah. wasn't just a villain. It We've was- seen three like fleshed out versions, and then like hundreds of like cameo versions already of this guy as different Kangs. Real briefly, I'm not really on board with a lot of the versions that he he's done. You don't like Victor far. Timely? He's got a very strange delivery. He's quirky. I kind of like. No, I found it to be annoying. I mean, I thought he was doing a good job. And and he who remains was annoying, too. Yeah, you didn't like that delivery either. Like, that, they just like come King? off as they just don't come off as genuine. They come off like you're acting the caricature. Did you? Yeah. yeah. Did you like Kang? That's a good question. I think that was the most like realistic version of that character. Wait, is any I, believable version? Do we think that any of these other Victor Timely is this Kang? Well, we'll get into that later when we talk about it. It's crazy. Crazy what they're doing there on that show, but he's just, he's a really good actor and uh, his career is on the line, unfortunately. So the other thing that I thought was interesting, we should mention in that same release uh, announcement that uh, his movie has been pulled off. They, uh, the article says Disney also announced they are pushing back their live action contentious Snow White, Disney Snow White, a whole year with Rachel Zegler. It was supposed mm. to come out March 2024. It is not coming out March 2025. And they have given us a first image, a first look at uh, what they're going to do. And what am I looking at here? I'm looking at Rachel Zegler looking like Snow White. And these uh, are they, can I say, are they dwarves? Are they? They're CG they're, magical what, short people. Is it? Is it? Is, uh, is, is, is this is all going to be CG? It's not people in a suit. They are short people. I don't know. I think there's damage control going on here. I like. Why do you need an extra eel? There's too much. There's you. The only way they could do this is with CGI. I don't think you can. You'd have to reshoot everything with real, real uh, little people. Yeah. It's just that's. I don't think they have. I don't think they can redo the entire movie like that. This image probably makes Peter Dinklage very angry. I'll tell you that right now. Why is Alfred E. Newman up there? It looks like him, doesn't he? One of them looks like Alfred E. Newman. Who me? What me worry? Uh, well, no. Peter Dinklage was wasn't Peter Dinklage against them having dwarves in the movie? Oh, was he? I thought yeah, he was. He was. Oh, okay. He was. Yeah, he doesn't want dwarf- dwar- He doesn't want short people or little people to play dwarves because he feels yeah. like that that's insulting. Oh, instead, that, that, yeah. That, he came out against it, and then the, the I, I I I don't know what the community is called. Let's just say the little, little people, people community. Yeah. Was like he doesn't speak for us. Oh, jeez. We, we want him to be in this movie. Well. Yeah, if you want to get tall people to play basketball players, is that insulting? I don't know. I just feel like if it fits the role, right. what's wrong with it? I don't understand what the, what's really bad. It's like, okay. Uh, but this, Especially if they're the heroes of the story. If they're like right. not negative characters right. or being played as a joke. You know what I mean? Uh, Dinklage, though, set a good example of getting like roles that could have went to average height people, right? And he just gets them and plays them straight and he does a good job uh, you know, proving his his side. Well, yeah, but he, he, like yeah. that there's a lot of diversity in roles you can play, right? Yeah. You can play against type, you can play with type, you could play uh, mythological creatures, you could do anything, right? So, I don't know. I just feel like I don't know what the real bad is. Overall, uh, these, if, if, if it's, it's all about the portrayal of what you're playing, I think. Like, if you're the butt of the joke, then obviously you don't want to do that. But if you're part of a movie and you're in a magical land and you're a magical whatever, 
Like whatever. Like, what's what's the big deal? I don't understand. So these CG uh, dwarves are a little creepy, though. Yeah, I don't know how this is going to play out. They're a little creepy. Yeah. I think. Um, I think it's probably the better call though than what they were doing. Which one's dopey? I love that they have like the Amish the, slash like were Muslim do, I mean, beards. They, they were they were doing a like a weird, diverse, not little people cast of dwarves, which just. I mean, you got in Wonka. Know. You're, you know, again, we're gonna see Hugh Grant shrunken down as a Oompa Loompa. Like, is that is that more offensive? I don't know. It's all very confusing these days. <laughs> He's he looks hilarious in that though. Right. I don't know. You, just, you don't know what to be offended, offended about anymore. I, I want to be offended at problematic. I want everything to be offensive. <laughs> Let's just I, I, look. We all lived through the '90s. We're fine. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> It's true. Oh, and here's the other thing this thing mentioned. We already talked about how Mission Impossible it moved, but uh, you know the the last movie was called Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. Apparently, they're going to change the title of Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning and drop the Part Two and put something else in there. How, how does this make sense? Won't this be confusing? Even deader well, reckoning. Well, they, can you have a Part <laughs> dead One? Dead ass reckoning. Dead ass reckoning. You've been wrecking. I, can, I mean, and then it, can you have a part one of a movie and the next one's not called part two? Like, what uh, What are you doing? That's going to be strange. I can't wait to see what they call it. Mm. I don't know. You're asking questions. I don't know the answer. I don't know. Really. I don't know why they're changing. It. Well, look, what about this? Uh, you might you not, should be one of the dwarves. Uh, one White. of them looks like me. You're, I, you're short enough so to be a dwarf. I did do it in high school. <laughs> we did. Uh, I was in Snow White. In the, I was one of the dwarves. Do you want to guess who I was? I always get typecast as like Doc. Dopey. He's right. No, I was Doc. Rugby is absolutely right. And we had to <laughs> walk around on our knees with like shoes strapped to our kneecaps to appear small. It was fun. It was fun. I was Doc. So I have been in. You like that I guessed it on the first you try. Were absolutely right. Yes. I was always you were Doc. I was Doc because I was typecast. I was always like the priest or the preacher or like that role that's loud. I don't know why. Or the naked guy. Or the naked guy. We're talking about student films. <laughs> I was always cast as the naked dude. I was all I was voted most likely to streak in high school. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. The thing about Snow White is first <laughs> off, they no one likes the remakes. Like they everyone yeah. sees them for what they are. Yeah. They're the live they're just money grabs, right? Yeah. But they want to modernize them, but you can the 90s ones are like a little easier to modernize. This 19 right. this but, one's from 1938. This, yeah. So like I think they just went so far in modernizing it that it pissed people off. And it was already it was already not people already didn't want to see it, right? Like yeah. people were like stop making these. Yeah, like Disney's kind of lame because they want to make movies but they keep doing these movies and that they want to do things that are diverse and they, they appeal to large markets. And they're then dipping into these old movies that are all based on like, uh, like German and, yeah. you know, like, like, so like, why go to that? Well, when there's a whole bunch of stories that are untold from various cultures, uh, cultures, yeah. yep. like why try and, uh, force something in, like a, something that's square into a round hole. It just doesn't make sense. They can keep doing new things like, you know, you have your Coco and Moana and all these and you can yeah. do tons more and they're great. No one was protesting at, when Coco came out. They were like, everybody was for it in, in, uh, in Kanto and all those other fucking things that they made. 
there's no like argument against those. Like no one's like, oh, we don't want those. People want more of that. So like, you know, why take Snow White and try and make it something that it's not? I don't know. But you know, what's wild that's Disney is Disney is celebrating its 100th birthday this year. Uh, enough from this started 1923. It's fucking wild. Uh, Floyd Norman, who was on our show. That's right. Oh, yeah. He worked on Snow White. He's been working at Disney for like 67 years, almost uh, all the 100 Snow years. White? My he, God. Yes, that was like his first job. He was the in-betweener. He's the first black he, animator they hired. No, he's still alive. Oh, yeah. He's, Floyd. Yeah. Floyd. Floyd Norman's amazing. Go back. You can find that show. He's it was uh, our buddy. Eric Sharkey did that documentary on him and we got an interview. Uh, I bet that's the first and only time he's ever been interviewed by a puppet. <laughs> I probably yeah, we, we we thought about like should I be beyond that? Should one? you be a puppet? I was like, yes, yes, you should. Floyd, you ever been interviewed by a puppet before? Come on, in your long storied career, this is a first. We can provide that here at the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Uh, another Disney thing we can talk about: the Marvels coming out uh, November tenth. Oh. Um, I talk, we talked about how they had a low opening and then they projected a little bit higher, 70, 80, but now there's now they're projecting more. Now, no, now it's back down to 45 to 50. Apparently this oh, thing, how's that work? I don't know, but there's articles out there saying, and everybody's talking about how, even if this movie is good, Marvel should prepare themselves for a, a flop for a box office bomb here. Even if it's good, it's just bad timing. It's not going to help the movie. Apparently, they're so desperate. There is rumor that a major, quote, game-changing cameo has been added, maybe as a post credit scene. Rumors of, like, f- characters appearing. I don't know what's going on. They're reshooting things. They're, tr- they're getting desperate. There's all these clips and spots coming out. I've stopped watching them because I don't want to see anything else until it comes out. Uh, but... Do you guys feel any desperation from Marvel? Yes. To get this movie doing something. I don't think anything's going to help. Can promote it with actors. It's just a reach because we all have said this a thousand times. It's a bunch of characters that no one's really clamoring for. You don't know who the bad guy is. Uh, there's nothing like that ties it to the comic books. That's of, of any note. Yeah. So you have like all these things working against you and you're, uh, trying to get like something like big numbers, which you're not going to get when, when you have all these things working against you. If they would have made a smaller budget movie, this wouldn't be an issue. Like they're going to make a decent return for like a normal budgeted movie, right. but they uh, spent a lot of money on yeah, this. Yeah, this is probably another 200 million. Uh, those couple of the uh, spoiler tweeters on the uh, internet, can we get some toast account? Says it's true. Everything's starting to connect. And he posts a, fo- a photo of the Marvels, a photo of the Deadpool three logo and an image of Avengers Secret Wars. And then Daniel Rickman has a cryptic clue about who this cameo may be. Let's see if we can figure it up. He said someone who was the perfect casting for a certain role and never got his chance to do justice with it because they wasted him on a shitty movie is coming back. That's all I'm going to say. That could be a lot of people. Shitty movie. Shitty movie. Shitty movie. Perfect casting for the role. Andrew Garfield? No. That's not uh, it. At this point, whoever they add in this movie, I don't think it's going to move the fucking needle. But who could Shitty this be? Shitty movie. Perfect for the role. Yeah. You want to hear? You want to know who I heard people saying? I don't know if this is spoiler. <laughs> spoiler alert. And it, 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 again, it's, it's, who cares? Kelsey Grammer as Beast is what p- people kept saying. 
Oh, I, that didn't even cross my mind. Yeah. That's going to be game changing? Yeah, I, I don't know how that's game changing because it's a Fox well, it's because character. of the X-Men, yeah, the Fox. But we saw them in the fucking Doctor Strange movie. Different universe. Maybe that's this universe. But really, is that going to... like Kelsey Grammer as Beast. He was a great Beast, right? I, the new Frasier reboot? Like, Frasier's back on. I haven't watched it. I don't know. I heard it's getting mixed reviews. Oh, but I, I, I have to admit, I'm, I'm pretty tired of talking about Marvel's he, box office. Yeah, right? <laughs> Uh, another clue. Just let's see it play out. It, it's probably going to be shit. We don't know why. Let's see it when it comes out. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I'm tired of talking about it. Another clue that they may not, either they're trying to avoid spoilers or they may not have the most faith in it is the review embargo lifts Tuesday, November 7th. The movie comes out two days later. So that's not good. That's not good either. Usually Marvel will release their review embargo like a week or two yeah, out. Yeah, not three days. Yeah. So hmm. that's not good. Lower your expectations, everybody. Um, there's some other rumors that uh, people have been talking about. I'm going to throw these out there, get some quick comments from you guys. Spider-Man 4 apparently is eyeing a production start of late next year, 2024, with Tom Holland's and Dea, John Watts returning, and the writers from uh, No Way Home returning. I'm making a jerking off motion right now. Yeah, okay. Yeah. No official word. There's no official word from Marvel. And, you know, he was, we talked about how we maybe, I don't know if he's re-upped his deal, but he's finally at the point where I wanted him, where he's on his own. He's got a cloth suit. Nobody knows who the fuck he is. He can't pay his rent. Great. Dying to see what happens. But with this strike, it's still happening. I don't know if they're going to be able to start that soon. So it's whatever. It's a mess. Spider-Man 4, huh? Yeah. Cool. I mean, that's a cash cow. It's a cash cow for them. Yeah, they're going to they're, they're gonna keep, they're going to milk that. Okay, the other one, a little more interesting. Uh, apparently, Thor 5 in development, but yeah. not, they do not want the Taika Waititi. Good. Yeah, I, no more Taika. I, I agree. I think that's a good move. I think he can move on. He got. He had one movie too much. They let him, the, the part three, most people liked. They, were, they had him reined in, then they gave him more leeway in four, and he... He pissed a lot of he people. He went a off. little overboard, and they need to just get the guy from Extraction. Oh, Sam Hargrave. <laughs> yeah, but he <laughs> just direct like a Norse like fucking so battle. That's my question. Who would you want to direct? What tone? They did like the serious Shakespearean Thor. They've done the fucking Three Stooges comedy Thor. You need the Berserker Thor. Where, where do we go now? I would like to see a darker, more violent like, Thor. <laughs> you do that. You do the Berserker, man. That's what you do. Berserker Thor, that'd be cool. Other people said Robert when Eggers. Do, when do you bring in Beta Ray Bill? Yeah, you got Beta Ray Bill waiting. They mentioned Balder the Brave on Loki. I don't know. He could come in. You got Frog Thor. Yeah. Beta Ray I mean, Bill. There's still potential. There, there's always stories with Thor. There's always stories with all these characters, to be honest, if you were to go to the comics. But you just need to get... You need to lean back from the, how absurd it got in, in what was the last one called? Love and Thunder. Yeah. That did not click with a lot Even of Even Hemsworth was like, yeah, we got too silly on that one. But let's not, did. let's not forget they left us. He's like, we have Daddy Thor. He's got a daughter. Yeah, Thor and Love, love and Thunder. Yeah. Oh, Love and Thunder. Yeah, that's her name, but, Love. But uh, so uh, you got to deal with that. Maybe you just age her up and she's a teenager. I don't know. I don't know. It's Hemsworth still into it. He's kind of the only remaining OG uh, from the original there. So I don't know. You said Hemsworth, the only OG? Yeah, right? I think. Well, yeah. you got Cumberbatch. Cumberbitch. 
and Chris Hemsworth. From the original? He wasn't in the first one. Oh, no, he wasn't. That's right. No. Yeah, what's her name was in this last one? Those Sif. She's yeah, from the original. Yeah, where's uh, Lady her Sif? Her arm was cut off. That's right. That was hilarious. Jamie Alexander, bring her back. All those other dudes got killed. Um, But I, I think... YTT can go on. He's look. He's made some Oscar-nominated movies. He's got a movie about coming out about soccer or something. It's fine. He'll be fine. Let, yeah, let him do his thing. Yeah, I think you know, the YTT thing was fun for a movie, and then it got too strange. So uh, Sam Hargrave or Robert Eggers Rugs, who did Northman. Someone else mentioned that. I was like, oh my god, can you imagine if? Yeah, imagine he did this a Northman. fucking Northman. That movie's that movie's dope. Yeah, it's a very good Viking movie. Give me some Viking shit. Yeah, let's get into the Viking shit. Yeah, more Viking shit. Uh, wait, I got one more rumor. I didn't put it in here. This just posted. It's about Deadpool 3. Do we want to hear it? Yes or no? Sure. Yes. Okay. Spoiler, Spoiler alert. Uh, who said this? Uh, one of these uh, tweeters. My time to shine. Hello. Has said Deadpool 3 is about the TVA picking up the prime versions of each hero to create a multiversal army to fight the Kings and they picked Hugh Jackman's Wolverine to recruit, but he's not fully on board. That is what the movie is about. Oh shit. We just spoil the whole movie. If this is true, that's not a bad idea. I mean, he can't die. Neither can Deadpool. The pool there. Yeah. They grow back, but then you, they can't die. They're unkillable. So it's about them. Going across the multiverse to create an army? Is that what you said? Yeah. A multiversal army, which that could lead right into your secret wars there. Hmm. Um, and with what's happening in Loki, that kind of makes sense how it's how it's heading. Uh, interesting. Doesn't tickle me. Interesting. So it says in here, it's also been confirmed. Jennifer Garner, Electra, we talked about that. Leave Schreiber, James Marsden, Patrick Stewart, Ian McKellen, and Taylor Swift. Expected to appear. The Taylor Swift thing is like she's not playing Dazzler. She might be playing, her, playing herself. herself. Yeah. Which yeah. that'd be I guess that would be fun. I don't know how you get Taylor Swift in there, but why not? Throw him in there. Do it. Uh I want the strike to be over so they can finish shooting this so we can see this. This is kind of crazy. Yeah. I'm excited to see Hugh Jackman. All right. In the yellow suit. In the yellow suit. And all the multiversal shenanigans that they're they're promising. Uh, anyways, that's a big scoop. We'll see if that pans out. Let's finish with a little box office update. Last week, Rugs told us all about Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is Rugs's movie of the year. Apparently. Yeah, movie of the year. Well, well, well. Here's how the numbers broke out. This movie was made for twenty million dollars on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, critics giving it twenty nine percent. Uh, 89% audience rating. It opened to this weekend, uh, $80 million. Oh shit. It's sitting at $132 million worldwide, shattering a bunch of records for Blumhouse for PG 13 horror. Uh, kind of crazy. It is the highest grossing opening weekend for Blumhouse surpassing Halloween. 2018. Uh, biggest opening weekend of the year for a horror film overtaking Scream 6 earlier this year. Second largest debut for a video game adaptation behind the Super Mario Brothers movie. Uh, tied for biggest opening for a day and date streaming release with Black Widow. I oh, remember that also made $80 million Yeah. at the same time. The biggest opening ever for Universal and Peacock's hybrid releases. All these other fucking records, it's breaking. 
Well, if you listen to what I said last week, yeah. I said this movie is popular around the Zoomers. They grew up watching people stream. Like no one plays this game. They just watch. They watch other people play the game. <laughs> they watch because there's jump scares, and they like to watch people react to the jump scares. Like I don't know a fucking single person that ever played this game. Everybody just watches like a dozen people play. They the just same yeah, they just people watch playing. people stream it. But I said this movie is gonna be dog shit. But it, since it's part of Zoomer, like their life growing up and their childhood, they're gonna all go see it now. That, you know. And I was right. I, I knew that it was going to so be a big old It was on Peacock, and I was like, let me check this out. You watched it too, Rugs? Yes. Uh, I, I will just say th- this movie was not for me. It's It was kind of boring. It took a fucking hour of setup for anything to happen. And then even when stuff happens, I was just like, okay. It was, it was, it was, it's not it that was, good. It had a potential and it blew it really bad. You blew it. I mean, the animatronic things look fine, and like the like the backstory of him and his brother and missing kids and go whatever. I, I like Josh Hutchinson because he was in uh, Future Man on Hulu, which is an amazing. Yeah, he did a good job. He was, like, great. He, he was kind of a good frazzled dude that was yeah. at the end of his rope. But uh, yeah, the the movie's not great. And uh, who is it for? Like, I feel like kids uh, that for that age are don't are not even gonna like it. Like twelve, thirteen year olds. I don't know. I feel like if you're making it for kids, you can't have this much talking in it. I think the PG thirteen hurt it a little bit because it's like not scary. And if you're making it for a like teenagers, you got to make it more bloody. You know, make it more sexy. Is the but, is the game like? Uh, is there a rating on the game? Is that like a I don't know. Is it I don't, for older I, teenagers. I mean, little kids watch it on. Uh, so, like, kids are watching these streams. So, like, young kids. Like I'm talking about like teenage, tween age. Yeah, yeah. Kids are watching. I mean, you're right. I asked some of the 20 year olds at work. I was like, "Oh, you know, Five Nights at Freddy's? You ever played it? Seen it?" Everyone's like, "I've never played it, but I watch videos about it." <laughs> I was like, "Okay." I don't bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I know no, you're right, but fucking. Huge opening for this thing, uh, considering you could just watch it on streaming. Uh, surprising, everybody went out to see this. Yeah, I'm, they're going to make a sequel to us, obviously. Hopefully, it's better. Yeah, I told you, this movie's going to be shitty, but people are going to go watch it. Anthony, any interest it. in this at all? No. Yeah, no, it's not, it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. I watched so many things this week, and I was like, I'm going to fucking shove this in, too. Just to see what the kids are talking about. You just like, lubed your butt all up and just, like, just shoved it, it right in, in there. there. It was, yeah. it was not, uh, it wasn't good. It was not good. It's not good. It's not good. <laughs> you, felt like you, you felt like you wasted your time. Your time. <laughs> a little bit. And I was just bored. Sorry. But good for yeah. the movie. Whatever. I don't know what you can do. All right. Look, let's take a quick break here. Uh, play some advertisements. Uh, come back and talk about a classic 90s comedy right after this. After these messages. Hey there, everyone. Brian here, host of TV Trivia Pod. It's a trivia-style podcast focusing on TV and movies. Listen in for questions like, what's the name of Michael Scott's screenplay? What do you say to view the Marauder's map? And what's everyone eating in the post-credit scene of Avengers? Play along to TV Trivia Pod anywhere you get podcasts. And stay tuned for more trivia! I'm Imran. And I'm Sophia. I'm the brother. And I'm the sister. And we are watching a show about cousins. We're your hosts for Dance of Joy, a perfect strangers rewatch podcast. 
We grew up watching the 80s hit sitcom, and now we'd like you to join us every week as we rediscover our love for our favorite TV cousins, Balky and Larry. You can find our show at danceofjoypod.com and on all major podcast platforms. Now we are so happy, Sophia. We do the Dance of Joy. Iman, this is a podcast. They can't see us. Oh, po, po. Doc and Nerd Listener, if you enjoy the show, it is a great time to join our Patreon fan club. Visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Jockandnerd. You can give back. You can support the show. It helps us keep the show coming out every week. And there's stuff you get, like a, uh, access to a exclusive podcast feed where the shows come out early. Bonus content is posted. You can hang out with us on our monthly Discord. This month, it will be Thursday, November 16th. Uh, and the date is always there on our Discord page. You can pick any movie you want for us to review. There's a tier where you get a special T-shirt. Lots of fun things at jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Check it out. All right. Let's get to this week's movie review. We've been doing a roundtable host choice comedy genre kind of series. I started with Swingers. Rugs followed up with Monster Squad last week. This week, it's the jocks pick Anthony has chosen for us. 1996, The Birdcage. Here are your spoilers. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. The Birdcage, if you don't know, it's a remake of a French movie that's based on a musical called La Cage Falls. I've never seen this musical. I'm kind of, I like musicals. I've never, I don't know any of the music from La Cage Falls. On Rotten Tomatoes, this movie's sitting at 83% critic rating, 6.9 out of 10, 81% audience rating uh the movie was made for 31 million dollars and does really well in 1996 finishing worldwide 185 million dollars that's quite a great return anthony i put this link in there i like what we did it last time give us uh the top 10 box office oh, 19 yeah, 1996 for context yeah for context top 10 all right you ready for this yeah number one independence day oh that's big one. that was a that was a big movie Two, Huge. Twister. Oh, yes. Three, Mission Impossible. Oh, shit. The first Mission Impossible. Four, The Rock. Five, The Nutty Professor. Okay. Mm. Six, Ransom. I don't know what that movie is. That's a that movie. God's like, Give me back my son. Oh, yeah. Mel Gibson, give me back my son. That's right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Seven, The Birdcage. Oh, The Birdcage actually makes it on the list. Eight, A Time to Kill. James Bond. James Bond. No, is that, I don't think that's, is that no, James no, Bond? No, no, it's no, not. It's Samuel like about, Jackson and, yeah. it's about racism. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's Sam Jackson and one of the Judds. Sandra Bullock. In Mississippi and, um, or something. Oh, Sandra Bullock. Matthew McConaughey. Oh, man, I forgot about that one. Okay. Nine, 101 Dalmatians. Oh. And 10, hmm. The First Wives Club. All right. My favorite film. <laughs> not a bad top 10, I guess, but a great eclectic another eclectic top 10. Yeah, eclectic. Another big year for movies. Broken Arrow also coming out that year. Jerry Maguire, stuff like that. Space Cable Jam, time. Jerry Maguire, Cable yeah. Guy. 12 Monkeys, 12 Monkeys on here. Oh, that's a great movie. So this is where Jingle we are. Jingle All the Way, one of the best oh. Schwarzenegger oh, movies ever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this, Toy this, Story came out This is what was big when The Birdcage came out. Birdcage directed by Mike Nichols, uh, who has uh, given us such things like The Graduate, and written by, adapted by Elaine May. 
Uh, now, Nichols and May were a very influential improv duo in the 50s. Mike Nichols and Elaine May did a lot of TV, radio. Uh, and this is actually the first movie. Then they got famous, like, independently working on things, him directing her writing. This is the first movie they actually get to work together on uh, in their whole career. But Nichols and May are, like, comedy comedy legends. The movie starring, of course, the great Robin Williams uh, as Armand Goldman. You got Nathan Lane as Albert Goldman. Gene Hackman as Senator Keeley. Diane West, Weist, Diane Weist as the wife, Louise Keeley. Dan Futterman as the son, Val. Calista, a young Callista Flockhart as Barbara. Hank Azaria as Agador. Christine Baranski as Agador Catherine. Spartacus. Agador Spartacus. <laughs> uh, that's your main cast there. There is original music in here by Stephen Sondheim, which is kind of a big deal. Uh, R-rated. 117 minutes. Anthony, uh, first tell us what happens in the birdcage, and then I want you to tell us why you picked the birdcage. Oh, the birdcage is about this gay male couple that live in Miami that have a son that went to college and he falls in love with a girl and the girl just happens to be the daughter of a very conservative right-wing senator played by Gene Hackman and in a twist of events the parents have to meet and basically Robin Williams as the gay father has to pull off a dinner where he plays a straight guy because they are dealing with very conservative uh, in-laws. The old, can you play it straight for one night to please my girlfriend's parents? Trope. Well, it's not trope. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, why that, did I pick yeah. the movie? Yeah. A uh, couple of reasons. First, number one, I saw this movie as a kid. I, th- I think I had the old black box, and it came out on the black box, and I remember hearing my parents watching this movie and laughing hysterically. And then I yeah. watched it. And even as a how old nine year old or oh, eight year old. Okay. I still thought it was funny as hell. Wow. Um, I think a lot of Robin Williams comedy is there's, there's a, there's definitely like some stuff you, I would didn't fully get, but he yeah. has a lot of good physical comedy with his facials and the way he acts. Oh yeah. People falling around and shit. And Nathan lanes, you know, like very over the top in this. So there's a lot of stuff even as a kid I could recognize the performances that so it always stuck with me as a kid. Also, not a lot of people bring up the birdcage as like Robin Williams is one of the first movies you think of for a Robin Williams movie. Right, right. You know, especially a comedy. I don't know that anyone brings up the birdcage first, but I feel like the birdcage is one of his best. I mean, it's interesting because he's actually not playing like the flamboyant over the no, top. He's, he's the straight guy compared he's, uh, to the straight character compared to Nathan Lane. No pun intended. He's the straight guy. Yes. Up against Nathan Lane's wackiness. <laughs> so, but the performance he puts in with that restraint is so nuanced and layered and amazing. Uh, so this movie stuck with you since you were nine. As a little huh? boy. Wow. Okay. <laughs> That's interesting. It's all, and it's always like it's that movie you weren't supposed to be watching and you watched and you loved growing up. Oh, oh, my parents didn't care. They, they, oh, they, they oh, they didn't care. Funny. Yeah. I mean, there's really nothing. There's like aside from like curse words. There's really nothing bad. Uh, that bad for a kid to see, I guess. 
just mature, but yeah, you know, nothing too bad. I mean, there. in fact, it exposes you to lots of things, right? Like the right. drag culture and nightlife and uh and I think it's one of the things the movie does really well, kind of ahead of its time. Rugs, what is your relationship with this movie? See, in 1996, uh I did not see this movie when it came. I feel like I lived it. Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I actually was living with a gay dude uh, at the time. That's true. <laughs> Your college roommate. This is true. Yes. This is true. And uh, um, <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with anything. <laughs> but uh, I just had to throw it in there. Uh, but uh, I didn't see it when it came out. I don't, I don't think. I think I caught it on TV. And uh, I think it was edited. Heavily edited, oh. so I didn't get the full experience. So I got to see it in its full entirety, and uh, yeah, I thought it was really funny. I laughed a lot. I, I it was very funny. Uh, I'm I'm surprised more people don't talk about it because it is very hilarious. But I'm not surprised. Mike Nichols, you know, yeah. Robin Williams. You got Nathan. All heavy hitters. Hank Azaria. Oh, yeah, like they're all in this movie, like killing it. Uh, Gene Hackman, of course, like you, he doesn't ever do bad in a movie. He's always great. So like, yeah, this is like an A-list feature. Uh, it's it's almost it's a basically a play done on film. Right. Mm-hmm. And it does have some great like my one of the things that's just an unspoken thing was like when you're in Miami, yeah. like and I've been to South Beach, Miami yeah. mm-hmm. uh, a couple of times and uh yeah, they're just sitting in the car and like just people on roller skates with their like dicks hanging yeah. out, like just <laughs> going by, like that happens and things and ass cheeks yeah. hanging out, just buzzing uh, yeah, by, rolling it, by. It, sure, yeah, a long happened. way from West Palm Beach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, I found a lot of the the that uh, South Beach humor and just the visuals of South Beach. Uh, it tickled me because I've been there and I've seen it, and I'm like, oh, they, they kind of really stuck to the reality of that. Um, yeah, it was very enjoyable. Uh, I also, I mean, it's improbable in a lot of ways. <laughs> in a lot of ways, it's completely probable. Like it's one of those things where it, it, it's a lot like uh, the TV shows that I grew up with, yes. where everything's like a huge misunderstanding. Yes. Yep. Yeah, and, that, and, and it's yeah, improbable, yeah. and like they could have just like avoided this yeah, if, altogether. If just talked, but that is where a lot of the comedy comes from. It has a very sitcomy type of setup, and it's so funny. I've seen this movie a couple of times over the years, and I think I watched it like when it came out on video, just because I'm a huge fucking Robin Williams fan, and I heard it was really great. And it's just it's an amazing character driven comedy. It is this based on the strength of this cast alone uh, is why this thing works. And Nichols does a great job directing it, and it's like ahead of its time. And I, a lot of people cite it for humanizing, you know, uh, a gay couple as leads in a movie instead of like side characters. And the whole drag culture. I think a lot of people. This is the first introduction. Was it the whole scene Fu around the same time too? I think that was that was also in the nineties. The crying game. Uh, yeah, there was that. There was a lot of that happening. And I mean, cut to today when we're like RuPaul's Drag Race is a, a Emmy winning. It's like one of the biggest fucking reality shows on TV. Right. Too Long Fu. Thanks for everything. Julie Newmar came out a year before. Yeah, nineteen ninety five. Uh, but, but it wasn't a comedy. It wasn't as accessible. Well, yeah. The, and the fact Patrick Swayze the, was, and Wesley Snipes. Yes. Wesley Snipes and Patrick Swayze. But this became with that box office so huge and mainstream uh, that it was it was it was great. Uh, and it's, I love. Yeah, I love the Miami-ness that long shot in the beginning 
where it just pushes in over the water into the nightclub. What was the name of the club in New York that we used to go? Everybody used to go to Lucky Chance. That was uh, that was the New York bird, bird cage. That was the New York bird cage. I know actually. So when I used to deliver balloons, when I worked at the balloon place <laughs> here, we had to do. We would set up parties at its place called the Baton, and apparently, it's like one of the premier female impersonator clubs in the country in the Midwest. And w- one time, I went there to set up balloons, and I was just stunned. I was, I was like, there's no way that's a man in in drag because they were they were just like these stunning women. Uh, it was it was quite, and it's like an art, right? And I started to appreciate it as the art that it is. Yeah, it, Lucky Changs, you're Lucky Changs. Every yes, city has PF Changs. Every city has lucky. one. As every big city has one. Uh, but what uh some of your favorite lines in this movie, Anthony? Favorite favorite moments? Oh man, I mean, there's so many. Um, the movie builds to the dinner scene, which is just an amazing third the dinner act scene, of comedy. Yeah, it's great. The, there's so many lines, but I think my my standout is always is not a line. It's when they're sitting there, you know, waiting for the wife to come, and then Nathan Lane walks in in drag <laughs> yes. as his wife, as, the and mom. the look on Robin Williams's <laughs> face. And it's like, and it stays on his face for so long where he's like shocked. And then she's saying things. Nathan Lane is saying things that like go against what they were saying. So then he's like horrified. And then he could see that they're buying into her and like Dean Hackman's liking her. And then he starts to like have a wry smile. It's just the, it, there's no line said there, but his facial acting is so good there that I, I just die that entire, that entire 20 seconds that it's stuck on his face as he's as Nathan Lane is saying lines. It just I always crack up then. I love that the senator is just enamored with oh, Albert. He loves her. And she's <laughs> saying all the like she's he's feeding into it, saying all the right things. Poor uh, Mrs. Coleman. Coleman. The D is silent. Oh, the whole Coleman Goldman thing. The bulls with the fucking Greek drawings the, the, at the bottom the is the hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> just just like anything with like, Hank Azaria was hilarious. Like oh, he Agador. was like he was fucking hilarious. Hank with yeah. like he's like uh during a thong. <laughs> yeah, he's dancing dancing around and singing. The, uh, I'm quoting here, but they go uh at one point he's wearing the um he's wearing a uniform. Yeah. And and or and then the guy goes, uh he goes, I'm gonna look like a I'm gonna look like a fag. And then Robin Williams goes, A fag in a uniform, and then Hank Azaria <laughs> under his breath goes don't ask, don't tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing is like that. Don't ask, don't tell policy was put in place like two years earlier. This is all coming out in this era. And it's just, it, it's so uh, unapologetic and fantastic. Uh, there's, yeah, there's when uh, the whole shrimp scene where he's like, fuck the shrimp, fuck the shrimp. <laughs> that, that, that always cracks me up when he goes, fuck the shrimp. <laughs> and then he slips and falls. And do you know that he didn't mean to fall? That was completely unintentional. And they just went with it. You could see them kind of laughing when he pops up again. I, I love the way Robin Williams just goes, just the way he says, shut up. He goes, just shut up. Just shut up. <laughs> I like the whole line about the Alexander the Great being like, like, oh yeah, talking about gays in the military. Talking about gays like, in the military. Alexander the Great <laughs> probably was great. gay, and uh, he was like the greatest military leader of all time. I like the line where uh, where it's getting real weird, and he's putting he's like more ice, more ice, and then he goes, <laughs> he drops the ice bucket and goes, "How about those dolphins?" Eh? 
Well, that whole scene where he's trying to teach him how to be straight, how to walk is oh, yeah. so hilarious. The John Wayne walk. And he's like, you know what? I never noticed that John Wayne actually walks like that. <laughs> and he's like, hey, Bill. Robin Williams sweated a lot. He was so sweaty Dude, this whole time. But his performance is still so funny, even though he's like the restrained guy. And it's Men so heartfelt. Smear. Yeah. And, I, you know, <laughs> there, there's been a lot of reviews in the recent years calling like saying that, like how much of an asshole Val was to force his parents to go back in the closet just to please his girlfriend. Oh, for sure. Right. It's like you feel so bad for them. And then he does relent and go along with it. And then the whole farce of Albert's there. Then the mom actually shows up and they got to explain everything. It, it's uh, totally situational comedy. Yeah, it's just yeah. done with great actors all around. Yes, yeah, great timing. It is just like a sitcom. Oh, yeah, when they're looking at the bowls, she's like, what an interesting China. It looks like young men playing leapfrog. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, what is that? Oh, don't you, I have a girl. Hey, let me get my glasses. Oh, yeah, nobody can find their glasses. That's a boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. There's, yeah, I mean, the, the whole dinner scene, right when the dinner starts, it's just so good. Uh, I mean, Agador Spartacus, him, him like bowing every time he like walks <laughs> and in. His, the shoes, like he can't the walk shoes, in the shoes. Like, the the way food he that he brings out with the egg in it, yes. and they try, they try it, and everybody grabs the bread immediately. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's called that's the great. huevo. <laughs> Naked Greek boys, don't you? Oh, there's some girls in there. Don't you have any girls on you? What do you think about how how they resolve it? Like where, like basically, it's, it's brilliant. Um, he's got to get out. And he's the only way he got us to dress as a drag. Woman. That, only that's way a great to escape. Yeah, I I love when when she gets there, and then they're like they the 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 real wife and the or the the mother of, yeah. of Val, yeah. and then they start to reveal everything. And Gene Hackman just keeps going, "What?" <laughs> and what? Then, he's like, "I don't understand." And then the wife's trying to explain to him, like, "She's a man." <laughs> And he's, he's like, more, I don't understand. I don't know what's going on. He's more caught up in that he's Jewish. He's like, you yeah. can't be Jewish. Just <laughs> <laughs> completely not even catching up. And the look at Gene Hackman is hilarious in this role. So when Gene Hackman gets the dress on finally and he goes down, he's like, I, he put me in white. It makes me look fat. <laughs> he he's like, dance with me. I don't want to be the one that wants to dance with They just dance right out. <laughs> and he tells the guy, "Meet me at over here and here." The guy's like, "Not for a million dollars." At the end. Oh my god! Oh, it's it has great moments. It's, it's got great then, comedy. I laughed yeah. so many times. It was very funny. And then you, and it has amazingly touching moments, like when he decides to sign the palimony pa- papers and tells them we're going to share everything. Oh yeah, yeah. there's some nice touches. Oh. Or like when Val's like, "This is my mother," and he puts his hand yeah. around Nathan Lane. Yes. Yeah, poor Nathan Lane. I love when he comes in as a suit with the suit on and he's sitting. He's got the pink socks. <laughs> like, what's with the socks? And he's like, one just wants a hint of color. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, the only like criticism I have of the movie, and I didn't realize this as a child, was um, so Val, that actor, is playing a 20-year-old. He's about 28 in that movie. Oh, really? Callista Flockhart is playing an 18-year-old, and she's yeah. like 31 in the oh, movie. Oh, she's 31 <laughs> when she yeah. did that? Oh, my God. She looks so young. She looks young, but like I'm like, there's no, way, like there's no way these kids are in college. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't make it seem as bad. Like If they looked their age, it would seem way, like they're way too young. Right. To they seem right. kind of youngish. But I also thought that their reactions to them getting married was crazy. Like that's great. If you like, this is what I think. It's like you're living a life that's not the norm. Yeah. 
right? So all of a sudden, like you're gonna put hold your kid to that same standard. This is like it's, the worst thing that could happen to their son was so, him deciding to get married. It's so, yeah. I think that the reason why it's a it it, it sucks for them because they have to go through this thing. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. have to now get another person in, in on board with the, with how they're choosing to live their life in the in the nineties or whenever this take takes place. So yeah, at that time it was a little bit more. I wouldn't say it's uh, it was as taboo as they make it out to be in 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 uh, the movie, yeah. but I think that yes, I don't think it was an easy go. I mean, if you're a Republican uh, senator, maybe, uh, but I even think that um, Republican senator Republicans, you know, they have um, all kinds of people in their weird group as well. <laughs> I, I love I I didn't pick up as a kid that like the whole Republican thing and that like <laughs> fucking. His like senator friend is like overdoses on drugs oh, with a yeah. black prostitute. Yes. I was like, oh, I didn't realize this was in part of this movie. I didn't oh even realize God, that that was, that was a-, a thing. And so he wants to use this whole engagement and wedding as damage yeah. control. Damage control. Yeah, Gene Hackman so says some pretty pretty crazy racist shit too. Oh, he does. Yeah. Yes. When he's explaining, so when they're all gone, like in the back, and they're like, something's going on here. I wrote down the line where he goes and. He's just explaining what uh, Robin Williams' character. He goes, he tells that beige savage what to do. They're talking yes. about Agador Spartacus. Oh, God. That beige savage. <laughs> he's like, Aristotle Onassis was just like this. I know what's going on. He thinks he's just that the, uh, Albert's just being denied. Oh, yeah. He, he, he thinks that, <laughs> um, he thinks that she, Mrs. Coleman is like this, like young, is this like this innocent small town girl and that, uh, uh, Robin Williams' character is just like cocky European that like like doesn't let doesn't her let speak her at all. <laughs> yeah. And then you you find out that and then the wife's like, wait a minute, you love her. Like you actually like Mrs. Coleman. Yeah. Yeah. She was yeah, there's so man. many. I, I like every time I throw on that movie, I know the lines that are coming and I still laugh. The uh, whole Purin tablets line is hilarious. So he's just giving him aspirin and he scrapes the A&S off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I love in the beginning how they make us think like Albert is cheating on him and it, it turns into be his, his son showing up. And then oh, yeah, Robin the Williams, the classic bit is when he's doing the little dance tutorial where he's like, Fosse, 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 Twyla, Twyla, Madonna, Madonna. <laughs> so fucking good. Like, I don't know. Like, that's the most crazy. He he's chewing gum. <laughs> yes. He's chewing <laughs> while I was singing. He can't do that while I'm singing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh yeah no they're 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 all so fantastic and it still does it hold up today i feel like it still kind of holds up uh, pretty, pretty i feel good. like it does I yeah. think it's, it's, it's a moment so. in time yeah, yeah. and uh, it does definitely hold I, up. I think so and then you also throw in just how like right like how um not divided but yeah, divided i guess but more like how there's so much extremism on either side. Like I yeah. felt a lot of the stuff with the yeah. Senator still felt relevant. Oh my God. That absolutely did still feel relevant. Like it's almost come back like that. You know, like th- that stuff was in this movie, but at that time I didn't care about politics at all. So right. I didn't even, wouldn't even have uh, registered really. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, no, there's, it, it, yeah, it still all holds up. I mean, it, it is nineties, right? Like I've, I've been to South beach as well. I don't know that it's that, flamboyant these days I, I mean it's still pretty wild but uh I, I don't remember being in a car and seeing like dudes wearing banana hammocks walking around <laughs> oh you gotta be at the right spot <laughs> <laughs> maybe right i wasn't in the right spot yeah 
Uh, yeah, ori- originally, Steve Martin was set to play Armand, and Robin Williams was going to play Albert. Oh. And Robin didn't want to do this because he had just done Mrs. Doubtfire a few years ago, and he didn't want to have to like dress up uh, oh, in drag again. He want to play a woman again and put all that on. So I don't know if that would have been better. I think like this really worked out with Robin in that in that role. Uh, yeah, I Nathan, like it the way it is. Yeah, and Nathan Lane was doing a lot of Broadway. I, I think Mike Nichols saw him on Broadway uh, and put him on. So he brought just like the perfect energy. I just love the way Nathan Lane's character always just like freaks out all the time. <laughs> like, yeah, his, it's like his, she's on such pins and needles. Yeah, he just his becoming hysterical is hilarious. Yeah. It'll just break down every time. And Armand's like, "Hey, it's okay. You pierced the toast." You can always get more toast. You always get more toast. You go, who cares? (laughs) (laughs) Picky down. (laughs) I like when he goes to the store and he uh, asks to get the sample and then he goes back and get another one. I'm just going to take one more. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. He goes out shopping. It's, 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 it's It's just full of so many lines and so many things you can say from that movie. I I I I truly love the Birdcage. I think it's an awesome movie. And I mean, Robin Williams is fucking what a great career. I Vice actually, I watched recently. Vice has this series right now called The Dark Side of Comedy, and they're like highlighting com- comedians who have dark past. I just they put out Robin Williams episode. It's really fascinating. And you think about his whole career, this guy from stand up to sitcoms to actually being like an amazing dramatic actor. Did you know he was with fucking John Belushi? The night Belushi died, they were partying late at night. He went mm. home. He goes to work on set on Mark and Mitty the next day and gets a call that John Belushi's dead. He's one of the last nice. people to see John Belushi. He was just inducted into the hall. Yeah. Comedy hall. Yeah. I watched that. Special. He did so much cocaine and then stopped when Belushi died and then battled alcohol, unfortunately. And it's kind of sad. But he did have like this uh, uh, dementia, uh, his autopsy. From his, yeah. When, yeah. After he did. I think he hung himself. They did, did an autopsy. Yeah. Louis body dementia and Parkinson's. And so think about a guy that witty and fast and clever that that's breaking down and he can't, you know, communicate. Oh, yeah. It's fucking, it's gotta be horrible. tragic. But God damn, what a fucking talent, dude. There's a, every movie he's in. We've reviewed a couple of great ones, right? Like uh, Fisher King. But I fucking I've always loved Robin Williams um, from like the Mark and Mindy days. Not many people can do what no. bring to the table what he brings because no. he can bring that comedic energy, that ball of fire, that lightning in a bottle, the range, and then he can do this like very uh, like controlled yeah. performance, like in Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, amazing dramatic performance. Wins the fucking Oscar for that performance. The range yeah. on this guy, he can be that manic, crazy character yeah. that's doing yeah. impersonations, and then yeah. yeah, he can he can elicit tears from you. Yeah. Like, yeah. Very easily. Yeah, the more I thought, I was I was like, man, this guy really was a one of a kind. It could do everything and just amazing range. But a lot of it came from a lot of pain. Uh, and, and he was fucking Popeye. Popeye is a fucking great movie. I kind of want to watch that again. That movie, he's Popeye, he's uh, Peter Pan. Yeah, yeah, he's a grown-up Peter Pan. Yeah. Uh, he, just iconic roles. Popeye is a wild fucking movie we watch now. Like, I think it was ahead of its time. It was just the wrong time for that movie. Oh man, that is a crazy ass. Like they pulled it off, like just like the cartoon, and it's so weird. Uh, but Birdcage, Birdcage is a classic. All right, Anthony, you want to give it a rating? What would you give this? Ten out of ten. 
Oh shit! Oh, oh yeah. shit! It's, it's it's I love it. The bird cage is great. It, the dinner scene. There's nothing that beats the dinner scene in terms. I mean, that's just like so funny. Robin Williams, Nathan Lange, the, everyone just interacting with each other. It's just, it's just it builds on each other too, and it just gets more awkward. Yeah. And you want them to get out of it, and then another situation happens, and it's just. It's great situational comedy. The bowls. I mean, everything. It's a the perfect food. third act of comedy where yeah. one, just, it's just, it just yeah. builds and it, the whole movie builds to it and they nail it. And uh, yeah, it's so good. 10 out of 10. All right. Rugs, what are you going to give it? I'm going to give it a nine. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I thought it was really funny. And uh, yeah, I it, it does ring true to that time in the 90s. It does ring true to South Beach. And uh, it's yeah, it was very, very good. So uh, definitely check it out if you can. It's on Amazon, uh, Amazon Video. Uh, we if you, if are you, family. Great, <laughs> great song. <laughs> every dude, every uh, drag club plays that song. I've heard, seen that when I was delivering balloons. Was that was that because of this movie, or was they were they already playing that? I song? think they were already playing that in the clubs, and they just picked up on it. I will also give this a nine. I love Robin Williams. It is a fantastic situational comedy uh adaptation of Lakage Falls based on these this cast. It's like it's perfectly cast movie. Everybody is perfect in their roles. Uh yeah, and it's uh, it's kind of timeless. Kind of timeless. <laughs> Robin Williams is great. Uh all right, let's do some news from the nation. It's time for news from, from the, the nation. nation. It's time for news from the nation. <laughs> It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. Woo, open a window. Uh, last week we reviewed the Monster Squad. Ron Hans enjoyed the review. He chimes in saying, Guys, I loved episode 507 Monster Squad review. I saw this before I saw Goonies, and since Rugboy said it was on streaming a few years ago, it is my staple for Halloween watching. Love this movie. I can't wait to show it to my kids sometime soon. See, Rugs? Yeah. You're right. You were right. Just you have to explain about virgins, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's easier <laughs> to watch Five Nights at Freddy's with your kids than but but is it Monster Squad is a lot more fun to watch. Yeah, there's a little <laughs> bit more uh, uh words you can't say. Yes, I'll have to explain. Monster Squad. Don't be chicken shit. Come on, guys. Uh Jess Rivera leaves this comment saying the 2020s action movie tournament winner is in the works. Hashtag there can be only one. Uh, linking an article stating the Highlander reboot starring Henry Cavill is happening. Are you excited? Good. I am excited. I'm very excited. I, I think, you know, Highlander is a great concept. It's a great uh, property that has not had its due. And I, I hope that's uh, Chad Stahelski can really do something. Chad Stahelski, Henry Cavill, you know, he's no longer Superman. He's no longer the Witcher guy. This is a good role for him. It's kind of like I mean, the Witcher. Like, the concept isn't hard to do. It's like it's a movie. It's an action film. And you, every once in a while, you need some sword play. And uh, that's it. You don't need like special effects or any kind of like CG really other than, you know, I don't know blood i don't know what you're gonna use cg for but like you don't really it's a movie that that's attainable you just need like a good action director that knows um 
how to set up the intrigue and the mystery of the Highlander. Highlander is a movie we talked about. I don't know what movie we talked about the other week that need to be. Oh, Monster Squad. Yeah. Highlander is another movie that I think actually is ripe for being remade and yeah. actually could be better. Yeah. Like way better. It didn't get a fair shake. It got the concept is great. The concept and, is so good. Yeah. So it just needs a really good visionary director that can bring. I think they should set it in the 80s. That would cost more, obviously. Oh, but, that's interesting. Yeah. That way it's a lot like the original film. Who do you get to replace Sean Connery? Clancy I would get Brown. Antonio Banderas. Oh, my oh, God. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> that would be kind of good. Either that or the uh, the other guy uh, who's who's in every fucking movie. You need too. another uh, Scottish guy to play a Spaniard, right? That's what you need. The is guy from have... o- No Country from Old Javier Men. Javier Bardem. Oh, yes. Yeah. As Ramirez, yes. Yeah. And the Kurgan would be, I think uh, Campia said he would get The Rock to be the Kurgan. Oh, no. Oh, my God. But I would get Batista to be the, the Kurgan. Oh, my God. That, I mean, they both would work. I don't know. Not The Rock. Do Batista. The Rock's just The Rock always. Who who plays the lead then? Uh, no, it's, no, it's, it's just Cavill. A, no, Henry Cavill. Yeah. Henry Cavill. Oh, it's, I mean, oh, it's already that. Maybe yeah. I wasn't paying attention for a second. It is, there. It's going to be Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. Wow. Yeah. That's a fucking hell of a. He loves yeah. this movie too. Yeah, he's he a wants big nerd. to be in this. Yeah, he's a big yeah. nerd. That's a crazy casting. Who would have thought? Yeah. yeah, with some John Wick style action, Henry Cavill, Highlander. I like it. I don't think you need to go John Wick. I mean, you, I think you need to embrace the sword play. Yeah, that's true. That, but, that's what's different about yeah. this movie: the immortal gods and the sword play, and the, yeah. like, yeah, you really just go. F- but like, sword play. What makes it crazy is the sword play in the modern era or in the eighties at that time. Like, you're just like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, I want to see. You don't see a lot of broadsword shit anymore. I want to see some good broadsword fucking action. Right. right, right nice right. big, some decapitation, some nice big heavy swords. So Highlander fans are happy. Okay, let's finish with some what are we watching? There's a lot I watched. There's a lot going on. I want to start. I watched a lot of things. Okay, too. but I want I, everybody caught up on Loki. We must start there. Yes. Okay, yes. hold on. Holy Spoiler alert. Okay. Uh, we know traditionally episode four of these Disney shows are always huge. And this one did not disappoint. Lots of deaths, right? You got. Supposedly. Supposedly. We see Ravona getting pruned. We see Victor Timely fall apart at, at uh, temporal radiation. We see Doc's whole team get squished in a box while Miss Minutes is smiling, watching it, which is terrifying. We do find out, I was right, Loki did prune himself in that first episode. We've caught up to that moment. And then they are too late, and ooh, they show us the fucking temporal loom exploding into white. And it ends on just a white fucking screen. What the fuck? Holy shit. There's going to be another season, right? There's so two more it. episodes. Oh, really? Yes, mm-hmm. this isn't yeah, the end. Oh, for some reason, I thought it was the season finale. It, but it huh? felt like it, right? It was like they're showing us an ending. I There is a, uh, a mid-season trailer. That's kinda, yes. I missed it. It's kind of showing you what's going to happen before we can watch that. I can tell you, what do you think? What do you think, Anthony, of the show so far? And where do you think this is going? Predictions. I have no idea where it's going. I like the show a lot. Um, I, th- I like the visual style mostly of the show. Yeah. But I think there's good. Like, I like uh, Kihu Kwan. I-, I like the story. OB is great. Yeah. I don't really under- know where the story is going. The only thing that didn't make sense in this episode is like both sides were really actually doing 
going for the same the same thing. thing. Yeah, that is, and like so Ramona, it was just like they were impeding each other from yeah. something that if they would have just like, they both had the same intent, they wanted to yeah. save the TVA. Yeah, and that yeah that, that makes sense. But other than that, confusing. though, um, yeah, I like the show. I think it's good. Is it like must see TV? No, but like from what we've seen from Marvel lately, it's I think it's a lot better. It's a lot better than what we've got. Stuff is happening. It's moving forward. Rugs, any observations? No, I for some reason I thought it was the see the season finale, but then I realized we only watched four episodes yeah, yeah, of this yeah. shit. Yeah, which is crazy that they did that. And I felt like it was longer. Like I thought I had more seen more episodes, but I don't know. Which is really strange. Well, they're but. definitely they're they're utilizing the length too. Like Marvel shows have been like sometimes we're like oh, you're doing six episodes and an episode's like thirty five minutes. Yeah, so these all been fifty fifty five minutes. Yeah, yeah. No, they're actually yeah they're packing it, it in there. Yeah. It's in meaty. It's it you can tell that it's a show that was written as a TV show, in my opinion. It works better than a lot of the right. stuff that Marvel. And I just love the sh- like. There's a lot of really nice shots of different things, and there's there's yeah. funky music. Yeah, the production it just has the sets a whole. Are great. It has yeah. its own. It's one of the few things that sticks out as its own thing. And like Majors is, I thought his his Victor Timely is very good. I think he's doing a really I don't good mind, job. I, don't mind. I find it annoying. He, I know you yeah. find it annoying. He's quirky. Uh, it's by design, but I feel like it's yeah. it's like you know d- doesn't ring true to me. So in that mid season trailer, apparently where this is going is it shows us that Loki now has to go back into the timelines and pluck these people from their original timelines. Like Mobius is a jet ski salesman, and Ravona is where she was before, like before oh. they got to the TVA, and redo Something- it. So, like, because the Flash tells me, like, this is a reset. Is it going to start up where he's in some different timeline? Or, like, I thought it would start and nobody remembers anything and it's just another restart. This is uh, this whole plan was supposed to happen, according to He Who Remains. Everything that's happening, like, it's a it's a loop. It is like an Aurora Boris, like a snake eating its own tail, where he only exists because he sent Ravona back to give him the handbook when he was a kid so he could be grow up and invent this thing to become he who remains but he gets undone and does that send all the kangs into the timeline the spaghetti effect we also seen in dr strange right doesn't that create all those little ant-man and we also saw it in ant-man when he's trying to get the the power when he gets big in the micro thing when he's trying to get the power source only when he got big he fell apart like those spaghetti uh, strands similar to reed richards that Scarlet Witch did in Doctor Strange. Mm. This is the third time we've seen this kind of spaghetti people. Spaghetti fall. It's creepy looking every time, though. The, how they come apart. I did enjoy that they like build this up as a big moment for Victor Timely, and he's being brave, and then yeah, and then just immediately just disintegrated. Yeah. I was like, oh shit, he's Chef Boyardee. <laughs> oh shit! I was like, fuck, he's gone. Ravona got pruned. All these people died. What the fuck is going on? Uh, and Miss Minutes is terrifying in that moment. So, her smiling as the people oh were getting god. squashed oh my was god. pretty fun. <laughs> I was like, oh, look at her smile. She's <laughs> just heartless. So, yeah, it's been good. So, two more left. Uh, expecting big things. I mean, they're, I they're also, we thing. have to point out, all the, the, all the episodes, this is better. There's also another stupid thing, right? Like, yeah. Ravo- if if Sylvie just kills Ravona, none of this happens. Oh. But she sends she sends Ravona back to back. the end of time yeah. and Ravona comes back to foil everything. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, she like, and she couldn't kill Victor Timely 
when that could have stopped everything too, and then she just doesn't do it. Well, the Victor Timely thing is like it's supposed to be where he didn't do anything yet. So right. why does the TVA need to exist to manage the sacred timeline? I don't know the loom. Yeah, I think I think they're trying. I think what Loki was saying is that they want they could build it to be a better thing. They can manage the time stream better so that they're not trying to have timelines try to kill each other. But here now, you can use this moment in this show to just write whatever you want moving forward. Like this is—is is this how they're going to explain everything in Deadpool three based on that spoiler we just talked about? Any I possibly? I mean, if the major things falls apart, they could use this to just recap. They could just I feel like this is how the millions of Kangs are born. But to do this in a show, it's, it seems like a pretty big thing that all time and space just exploded. Well, not only yeah. all time space just exploded, it's just the TVA exploded. The TVA and the temporal loom right. that's holding, isn't it? Yeah, I think the time streams oh. will just readjust. Yeah, the time streams were just loom. being going through. They were There's too many streams going through the... So the TVA they couldn't contain it. possibly has been destroyed. And so now the, yeah, this, there's a crater in the middle of the universe because the TVA is there, but it's not that time exploded. But then, so there's just branch timelines going everywhere now. It's Yeah, it's just uncontrollable now. Okay. 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 So there. And no one's able to watch. No one's watching. No one knows it even exists that way. Right. Right. So I think this is like Loki's going to have to go back and rebuild the TVA from scratch. That's that's what it sounds like. I didn't see that mid trailer. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Okay. Okay. I'm in. Get two episodes to do it. Let's see what happens. I do. I do want to see Mobius as a jet ski salesman. That's kind of fun. (laughs) After the buildup of all the jet skis. Uh, I think these other things you guys have not caught up on rugs. Gen V. No, I did not watch. Okay. I want to, but I didn't have time. Right. Yeah, I got to catch up on Jen. I think it's a, there's seven episodes out. I think there's three more. So, and they're fucking amazing. Uh, Scavengers Rain putting out three episodes at a time. Oh, really? There's, I have to catch yeah, up. Yeah, I just watched the, the 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 last three. So there's six. Again, pretty great. Uh, Rugs. Well, uh, so it's still going good. Yeah, it's still fucking wild. Now, let me let me tell you, these fucking alien designs are they rival Avatar in just imagination of the. I can't wait to the watch the physiology of these weird fucking aliens, and that they focus so much on this planet and how things work. It's it's wild. Without they just show you, they don't tell you, explain nothing. They just show you these people using these things that they figured out, and you're just like, what the fuck? Look at that. <laughs> it's great. Uh, Ethan, you watch anything else this week? Uh, I did watch a sports thing. Oh, um, I don't know if you how familiar you guys are with um, what was happening in combat sports, but basically, the heavyweight champ of boxing fought the UFC champ uh, in heavy the heavyweight UFC champ in a boxing fight. Oh, boxing match, and uh, I mean, literally, it, one of the greatest upsets of all time almost happened so francis Ngannou is the ufc fighter yeah he's not in the ufc anymore but he was he's the ufc heavyweight champion fought tyson fury who's the undefeated undisputed boxing heavyweight champion and he dropped him in the third round and oh. by all accounts a lot of people think he should have won the decision oh and shit that was his first ever boxing match wow he it didn't was, win- literally it literally was like a rock it was like rocky won. Oh, oh my god so i saw the wow i saw the clip you posted it would have been, been the greatest it it, it, oh, it still might have been it's one of the it's one of the greatest sporting achievements i've ever seen in my life so, but he didn't win. He, but I, I won he by didn't, decision. But he didn't. But it, it like it, it's literally like Rocky won, where he went to right. decision. Well, right, and right. it was like and he loses. Rocky loses in the first one. And yeah, and it was like he lost, but he won. 
Yeah. Like, everyone he, thinks he won. He made it there. He knocked the guy down. Yeah, Twitter was ablaze wow. with uh, praise for him. Yeah. How old are but, these dudes? Uh, Tyson Fury's 35 and okay. Ngannou's 37, but that's okay. his first box. It, like, it's... It's hard to describe if you don't like sports, but it's yeah. like an insane to step in achievement. First time and knock out the heavyweight champion. Knock down and and by all a lot of people think he won. Like I watched the fight. And you can make an argument he won. So that'd be like some guy coming in and knocking out Tyson off the street, pretty much. Not like off the street. It'd be like <laughs> Didn't like one of the Logan Pauls or one of them try that shit with uh what's his name? Didn't some UFC guy, or was it the other they, guy? Yeah, there's been UFC fights against UFC. Conor McGregor. Yeah, no, tried to fight a, a boxing. Conor guy, McGregor right? fought Floyd Mayweather years oh, right, ago. Right. That was the first that. of these big ones. Yeah, and um, that one wasn't. I mean, it was competitive, but not really. Like Floyd Mayweather was kind of. He was never really threatened. This one, legitimately, like, Ngannou might have won the fight. Wow, like, it's very possible. It would be like. Um, how do you how do I how would I compare this for you guys? It would be like a champion table tennis player, yeah, facing oh. off against a champion tennis player and almost beating his first and, and and beating no and not almost beating beating him, like him. by all accounts beating them his first time out. Wow. And it's like a first time playing that mm. game, but not first That's time playing. Crazy. Like they train he trained for it, but it's just like it's such an unbelievable accomplishment. Man, is he gonna keep boxing? Now, yeah, I mean, he yeah. should. Yeah, he should just he continue to box. But yeah, it was like it literally was like I was watching it. Like this is fucking Rocky one. Wow, like, this is that. This is how epic this is. That's amazing, and it's crazier than like Rocky one. The rock, the character Rocky is like had was just a journeyman fighter that yeah was like never got a big chance. This is yeah. the guy's first boxing match. Wow, I guess wow. he can fight, but it's his first boxing match. It it's was just, exciting. it was I was it was I was over the moon all weekend about it. So, yeah. so you see that he's was lucky or no. he had a good day yeah. or it was just he's skilled. skilled. It was, he was he was more skilled than he should be. And it was like, it's literally like Rocky one where the other guy didn't. So Fury already scheduled another fight with, with another heavyweight champion in boxing to like unify the belts on December 23rd. They announced the fight prior to this fight even happening. So which you never happens. No one ever announces another fight while they have a fight upcoming. So like it was clear they were overlooking him and shit like that. Wow. So like there's part of that too where like they the guy thought it was going to be easy. Yeah. And it wasn't. Like there's a there's a quote where he Fury starts the fight off and says to Ngannou, "It's time to go to school." And then when Ngannou knocks him down in the third round, he goes, "You're a bad professor, motherfucker." Oh my god. <laughs> Cuz he dances over him as he knocks him down. It's just <laughs> it's like it's a movie. It's fucking yeah. like a movie. Now I gotta watch oh this shit. And Ngannou is like this. So, like in the story behind him, he's like this poor kid that grew up in Cameroon, oh. and moved to France with no money, and was living in a boxing gym, and like became the UFC champ, and then got into a dispute with the UFC, and they like kicked him out of the UFC, even though he's the heavyweight champ, because they didn't want, they didn't think, they thought it was a joke. They were like, "There's no way he's gonna box this guy, and it's gonna be competitive." So they oh, like shit. let him go. Oh shit! And then he took the fight, and then it was he. By all accounts, a lot of people thought he won the fight. This should be Creed Four. It's, it's an amazing <laughs> story. It sounds like a movie. Yeah. So right, there you that's go. That's a, what I watched. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. That's a good story. Uh, Ruggs, what do you got? No hard feelings. Did you watch that? I watched that also on Netflix. What'd you think? Yeah, I watched No Hard Feelings. Jennifer Lawrence. It was an enjoyable, uh, not the, not like a cl- instant classic, but enjoyable. 
Jennifer Lawrence, I got to hand it to her. She did the sex scene, not sex not scene, a sex scene, nude full scene, nude, front nude, and back, full, very brave. Yeah, full nude yeah, scene, yeah. but not the way you'd think. No. Not a sexy nude. It's scene. hilarious though. She beats the fuck <laughs> yeah. out of people naked. She beats the fuck out of some teenagers at the beach coming out of the water, just completely nude. Like, she really oh, went for shit. it. I was like, wow, yeah. good for you. Yeah, I thought it was it was okay. It was decent. It was pretty funny. I did. I I thought it was interesting. The concept is pretty great because uh, the parents have this 19 year old son who's just doesn't have any friends in real life, doesn't know anything. They want him to get laid and they're offering a car and she's an Uber driver and she just needs a car and she comes onto him way too strong. But this kid, like, I guess it's kind of, you know, reflective of kids his age these days. Where he doesn't know anything about anything, uh. So it was, it was, it was cute. It was cute. It wasn't all right. Yeah, it was all right. It was, yeah. There's nothing, nothing amazing about it. But at the same time, like she went for it. She really tried to like be this movie, and you could tell she was doing a lot of heavy lifting yeah. here, like a lot of the time. And uh, yeah, she took one for the team in many ways. That seems crazy. For this film. Yeah. So I, you know, I'll give her credit. If it's on Netflix, so just watch it if you want. Uh, this it's, it's it's got some good laughs. It's got some here good laughs. I wanted to tie to that. I wanted to bring up. Did you see this study? Uh, UCLA conducted. Hollywood Reporter has this article. A new study conducted by UCLA found that American viewers between the ages of ten and twenty four wanted to see less sex on screen. How much less could they make it? They're like everybody's completely not not doing anything anymore. They're really not. Uh, the this survey says they want to see more platonic friendships and relationships. Uh, and wait, just wait. yeah, they want to see more platonic friendships between men and women. Yes, and less sex. They on think screen? sex on general? screen. Yeah, yes. That Do age. they realize that like platonic friendships between men and women? It's not. It's not a real. It's not a real thing. It's not a real thing. <laughs> Uh, I mean, but that's entertainment, right? You're writing fiction. Uh, they think romance is overused. Sex isn't needed for most TV shows and movies. This group, it's just very fascinating. Uh, the shift of uh, generations. Yeah, let's see how this works out. Let's try like, it. Like when we were that age, <laughs> when I was that age, I wanted to see more boobies in the movies. I still think. Well, and know, also like, there's just it's just not reality, right? Like a lot of dudes and a lot of girls. Even if they say they're friends, there's someone in that friendship that actually isn't wanting to be the friend. But I also think it reflects like the studies saying like that this generation's having less sex and they're a little lonelier and they're all just because of technology. So it kind of so, makes yeah, so sense. I, so this this kind of thought process, I think, contributes to that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right? I just think that people are just masturbating on a level that has never well, been but that's done the, before. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, there's reasons to masturbate. You can masturbate wherever you want. Right. That's the thing. Now that they can just <laughs> get porn on their phone, like right. they, don't, they never have to actually try and fuck a real person. They don't. Or so they do don't anything, care about so. it in the movies or in real life. It's kind of it's kind of <laughs> crazy. Like it's just kind of crazy. Look, the social mores and things change, and this is the shift there that's happening. It fucking fascinates me. What does this mean? I don't know. They want more hopeful, uplifting content with people beating the odds. Uh, that's what this generation is into. I just thought that was very interesting. And really, hmm, there's interesting. There's not a lot of sex in uh, No Hard Feelings. Like she's just naked, and even the sex scene is kind of funny and quick. No Hard Feelings is that the Lawrence movie? That's the Jennifer Lawrence. She's yeah. actually yeah. naked. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Completely full, front and back, running, running around, beating people up. 
<laughs> it's probably it's one of the funniest scenes in the movie. I gotta watch uh, that then. <laughs> yeah, you should watch it. All right, Rugs, what else you got? I know you watched some other shit I watched. I watched the joining the Panderverse, the South Park special this, that I watched this too. Was just released. Fucking and boy, fucking brilliant. Like, see, this is uh, the the South Park people have a lot to like try and they're walking a tightrope here because they went all out hard in the paint for for uh, Kathleen Kennedy, Bob Iger, Bob Iger. They went and they destroyed it. And the last like two minutes of it, they put a bandaid on and go well you guys are bad too i mean they 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 tried to skewer <laughs> both sides but definitely the 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 panderverse part i mean it's so fucking funny anthony there's in one universe there kathleen kennedy is cartman in a wig and anytime they're like what do you think we should do kathleen kennedy he just goes put a chicken in make her gay make it lame it's so everything he just keeps saying they're like what should we do with this scene he's like put a chicken in make her gay it's like, it's not lame enough. It's so fucking funny. And, and Disney's just like, we keep remaking the same movie over and over, but somehow it's not working. And they have this pander stone that they're using its powers. Meanwhile, the B plot is also equally brilliant. Uh, all the handymen in the country have become billionaires because uh, reg- nobody knows how to do yes, anything. Regular anymore. people have realized we don't know how to do shit anymore. That's and, funny. That's actually true as well. And so then they make the handymen rich and wanted, and they turn into like the Jeff Bezos and the Zuckerberg and build spaceships and go out into space, and they're too busy. And then they get mad at college. They're like, fuck you, college. We wasted our money. Yeah, we know how to do shit. It's fucking so funny. And then it kind of ties together. Oh, it was brilliant. It was an amazing skewer. I don't know how they get away with with this with Kathleen Look, Kennedy. Look, man, if I was Disney and got a shellacking like Holy this, shit. like the internet's been ablaze with this. Uh, everybody's trying to claim like victory. Like the people who are like pro Star Wars and pro Kennedy are like, you see, it's the fans that ruin it. But I, I don't think it's a chicken or the egg thing. I think, look, fans always want the shit that they love to be represented properly. Like no fan wants their shit to be redone. Just that's just the way it is. So if you go and you divert. And you go off the beaten path and you don't get results that you wanted. It's you that failed. It's not the fans. Now, the fans becoming this kind of mob mentality now where like there's like a whole YouTube channels that just like just like like to dance on the grave of Marvel and Disney all day long and call everything woke. Yeah, that's a problem. But you can't you can't get there unless you're doing what you're doing. Like if you're putting out movies that are good, they're not you can't do that. So. It's just one of those things. It's not they tried to make it like they're both guilty, but nah, I think it's really more like if you're you're putting out the content. Yeah. Like there's always going to be critics. Like you can't just be like, "Oh, you can't have criticism." No, there's always going to be critics. It's just like don't give people something to criticize. Exceed expectations, don't subvert. Like I've been saying this for years. But I don't Dude. know. I guess far, maybe they'll get it now. I mean, they did try to skewer both sides, but one side got it a lot more. Hey, when uh, South Park makes fun of you, you gotta you gotta take that as a badge of honor, right? Like we, we fucked up, we we've been fucking up, and they noticed, and like they tried to redeem Kathleen Kennedy at the end. Like, it wasn't really her; it was really Carbon. Yeah, Carbon wrote her like sixty thousand like, yeah, letters. Give me a break. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but Anthony, in this one, there's an alternate universe Carbon is dreaming about where the whole crew, cast and crew of South Park, are all diverse women. 
Everybody is either about like <laughs> there's no man at all. No man. It's all black women, Latino women, Asian. So Cartman as a black woman is the, the fucking funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Because he's still she's still talking like Cartman. She comes over to their universe and she's like, Stan, is your mom still a fat bitch in this universe? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, Stop calling my mom a bitch. It's she's so funny. It was so funny. Uh and he that she just wanted to play Baldur's Gate three. Was the big plan? It's hilarious. It's fucking brilliant. All their specials when they did the COVID specials, all these they're so fucking brilliant. Yeah, it was biting and satirical and fucking brilliant. It's definitely gonna be something that uh definitely is gonna be a bug up Disney's ass for a while. Like this episode. Oh, they got just her. So good. It was they got it her. was so it was so anti Kathleen Kennedy. Gina Carano like used a clip and tweeted out some crazy shit about <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy. She's gotta be uh feeling pretty good. Gina Carano. Now, after after yeah, all she's this, gonna be like, oh, look, Disney's <laughs> never been worse stock wise. Their prices down. Uh, no one's watching their shit. They're taking. They have to like re overhaul everything. Even Marvel's firing people. Yeah, that's why I think so, when you said last week that nothing will change, I think they do have to change because there's there's money. I don't think you can. I don't think you can. To be honest with you, I don't think you can. Well, they're going to have to, right? I like think, you can't just continue down this path. I'll tell you, and I'll tell you why. And this is not going to sound good, but I'm this. This isn't just a manage managerial decision. Like literally, the entire staff at Disney mm. has got this mindset. Mm. Like, there's not like Republicans at Disney. <laughs> there's not. They're not Republican artists working at Disney. They're not hiring those people. So. Those people have a sway on what did how like either that or that nothing gets done. So it, it's intrinsic. It's intrinsically like that. Like the it's that the the like the people that are in this industry are not really leaning the other other way at all. So you're not going to find that middle ground that they used to have, where like it'll appeal to all these people. They're you know I I that's what I just think. Hmm. Um, I think that there's nothing wrong with that, but that's what it is. Like, I don't think you can just change it managerially. I think it's like it's the entire the entire kind of people that work at Disney are not going to be on the other side of this. So that's all it is what it is. There's nothing bad about it, but that's what it is. I mean, you got unless it hurts their wallets and then they're going to make a change. I think I think as long that that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad Like to have it all on one side. I don't know. It's bad. I think. What they need to do is focus on telling a good story instead of pushing an agenda. Yeah. Well, we've seen this with comics. We've seen this like all, pretty much like uh, all throughout like the, the arts, like you, like acting. Like you, if you're an actor, you're going to be you're not going to be on the other side. You're going to be kind of more liberal. Right. So it's 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 hard to like to do that. I, I think I don't know. I just I just do. It's very hard unless you like uh, have like your own like Republican like Fox News or something like a conservative fucking branch of entertainment. They, like, that's yeah. the only time that they do that. They just need a. They might make their own Disney. Like they made they made their own Snow White. Yeah, like, you know what I yeah, mean. They're, like they're they're doing they it because I don't know. I just, it's I just think, I think we're at an inflection point where the wokeism came with good intent and now it's just gone so far and it's actually. Push make it's causing the opposite effect where people are now not liking any of this. Yeah. So I think I think it's I think we're going to get to a point where it's toned down a little bit. Yeah, I think it used to be 
about uh, being true to the stories and being uh, having good research behind it and trying to make it as real as possible or trying to at least elicit realism and or trying to elicit like faithfulness to whatever, even if it's a made up story, like faithfulness to that original story. And now it's more about like, it's a little bit more sensational. It's a little about let's how many people can we get into the, into the theater? How many more new fans can we pick up? And the story is completely secondary. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's that's hopefully that changes at least. Just got to go back to serving a good story. That's all. Just now speaking of a good story, what has a good story? Rex? uh, I don't know if it's good, but it's, the new Gendy Tartakovsky, I don't know how to fucking say his yeah, name. Yeah, I did Primal. The, animate, the animator from Primal, yeah. from Samurai Jack. Yeah. And uh, I just watch all the stuff that he does, no matter He's what great. it is. And this is uh, Unicorn Warriors, I think that's what it's called yeah. on Max. I did not get around to watching this. I knew it came out. Is it good? Is it for kids? It's kind of like a little bit kiddie, but it's not. It's like it, it's re, it's like a steampunk 1920s animation fest so like they're taking like designs from like uh cartoons in like the 20s and 30s like tom and jerry and all that yeah, other stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. and like and like early disney yeah. and like popeye and all that stuff okay. and they're making a whole like steampunk uh warrior adventure Whoa. where like the there's like this uh merlin from like you know the magician m- yeah, the wizard, the, wizard, the yeah. super powerful wizard, uh, puts this m- magic out there into three people, and they become like these warriors. And uh, throughout time, different people become the warriors, and it's just about this set of warriors and what they're dealing with at the moment. And uh, it's it's kind of a steampunk adventure. Uh, it's got like superhero-y type stuff in it, so it's kind of cool. It's fun. I mean, it's different than Primal. Oh, Way man. Different I than fucking Primal. love Primal so much. I want more. So if it is different, I, that's why like looking I mean, they fight a crack in, okay. you know, there's dialogue cool. in it. There was no dialogue in yeah, Primal. There's total dialogue in okay. it. It's just a story about basically it's like uh, the it's having it's like it's like when a person has two people in them, like they're hosting another person in their body okay. possessed. OK, and they have to rationalize like who's in charge and okay. who gets to be in charge. It, it's kind of something like that. Oh, okay. And then uh, what else did okay. I watch? I watched Frank Helda's book of spooks, what is this? which is like, these are children's stories, like Halloweeny type scary things. I was in the mood for like Halloweeny spooky stuff. And uh, this one, it's like fucked up because all the stories don't have happy endings. It's like, oh, I like the that. kid. Like the kid doesn't want to do his homework, so he fucking dies. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? It's like these are all like bad endings. This kid is fat and he doesn't want to take off his shirt, so all of his friends die. So uh, it's pretty, pretty funny, crazy shit. Is it? Wait, uh, it's very it's weird. live action. No, no, it's like puppets. Oh, it's puppet animation. Oh shit! Look at yeah, this. It's like a uh, claymation. Oh. Yeah, oh. it reminded me of the Pinocchio, but like uh, we're like a Tim Burton type okay. thing. So I, okay, I, I was like, it's, it's it's spoopy season. I'm gonna watch that's that. on Max too. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, all the shit that I watched. Pretty much, jeez, that's a lot that's of a stuff. That's a lot of stuff. I still, I got okay. Two more quick things. I have. <laughs> uh this was just weird because on the other podcast I do, the Perfect Strangers Rewatch podcast, we are in season six. 
Rugs, I don't know if you remember this episode. We've gotten to the fresh young Balky B. Oh yes. Oh my, oh my god. It's when Balky gets it is so so great. It's so cringe. It's so bad. But he raps. Balky yes. raps on the rooftop. He gets discovered by a record producer who gives him a record deal on the spot, gives him a music video, and Balky raps. Only to find out later that when the music video airs, his voice has been replaced by somebody else's voice. So this was 1991. They were uh, reacting to the year before the Millie Vanilli scandal broke. They had they they were outed as not singing their songs. They had to give back their Grammys that they won. And so right after we recorded that episode on Paramount Plus, I see there is a new Millie Vanilli documentary out and i had to watch it and didn't one of those guys kill themselves yes fabrice morvin is still alive rob pilatus uh died of an overdose of uh pills and alcohol um it is he does that was 98 he doesn't even make it out of the 90s the the record comes out in 80 89 uh and it's number one it sells like 40 million units they're on the grammys the whole time knowing they don't fucking sing and they got a lip sync but you feel bad for the guys. Yes, they did agree. They were complicit, but they were they were young. They came out of the projects in Germany. They signed the contract. They probably didn't read it. And then they got a t- taste of the fame. And really, that was the downfall was them being nominated and winning the Grammys. And then Rob gets all like too big and starts calling. He starts saying things like we're better than the Beatles and all this oh, and then they have in this documentary the press conference after they've been lying for two years to everybody the press conference where they admit they didn't sing the songs they make them sing there on the spot it's brutal to watch the one surviving guy saying those songs huh they did not they were lip-synced but the, okay so really the bad guy is the producer frank farian and artist of records clive davis these two parties escape unscathed and they throw Rob and Fab under the bus and make. Who is the them. guy who actually sung the song? There's a couple of guys. There's a dude named Charles Shaw, who's the rapper. There was a couple of singers. But Frank Farian, this is his MO. You know, Boney M? They sang the song Rasputin and Sonny, the disco band. Uh, uh, they also did not sing their own songs. After this whole thing happens, he comes out. He does another album called The Real Millie Vanilli using with the guys who actually sang, but then on the stage, he replaces them again with other people who were not part of the album. Like this is the guy's MO is he gets people. And then I'm thinking nowadays, everybody's fucking auto tune. There's AI pop stars. Like they weren't committing a crime. This was the biggest thing in 1990. Uh, like the Grammys had never rescinded a, an award. And it was a huge scandal. I, mean, I don't know. They weren't committing a crime, but they were that, fucking, they weren't harming anybody. The music was good. Yeah, but they, well, but, nowadays, but they were misrepresenting who sang the song. Yes. Nowadays, people can just make AI stuff and sing and pretend that that's them, it too. But like auto-tuning, a motherfucker? I think in the 80s and the 90s, there was a, you had to be real. Yeah. Like, yeah. there was something, listen, we weren't going to plop down money to go, here's a tape. Like, no, we wanted you to fucking do it live dude i had this album like i bought i was into millie vanilli like the song like uh blame it on the rain uh baby don't forget my number they're still great fucking 80s songs i i I think when you betray i I think it is betraying a trust betraying the the trust i mean that that's that's huge man to release an entire album where you have two guys singing that didn't 
weren't it not even auto-tuned. It wasn't them. No. And to win fucking a Grammy for best new Grammy. artist and right. perform. They lip synced at the fucking Grammys. Somehow he paid them money. They got away with it. The Grammys never let anybody lip sync. They always want a live performance. The fa- and then it's just but it is kind of tragic. I feel bad for the guys because the, I feel like the producer should really be the main villain and he kind of just kind of skated and made his money. Interesting. Uh, fascinating. Fa- great story. It's a great story and it's kind of sad at the end how it ends up. Well, don't you think it sucks for the people who sing the songs and never get yeah, famous? Yes. No. Yes, it does. Yes, yeah, it no, does. You're, you're, I mean, I, I kind of have a little bit of, uh, I, I don't feel the same sympathy you do. In run for, you know, well, when you watch guys. this, like they, at, at the same, like, yes, they lied, but they did not deserve to be the sole villains to the point where the guy smoking yeah crack. there's a lot of people sure, responsible sure. that got way unscathed yeah yeah, yeah. no that I, that but I agree they're with. the ones really they're the ones that got the fame so they, yeah and then they got a taste of that fame. they know they got the blowjobs yeah. the other people did not i'll right. tell you what happy ending though <laughs> fab uh is married has some kids and he actually goes around tours and now sings the fucking songs live as he goes millie or vanilla i don't know which one he is does he <laughs> sing the songs well is there, or is it like bad karaoke no he he's gotten better he he tried he's to put on an album later they actually the both of them after this they tried to put out an album as robin fab it did not do well they were not good they did a song called blame it on the snow blame it on the sun blame it on the snow <laughs> but i feel like he's been practicing and he he wasn't a bad singer and he was he was singing the notes but it's so funny because the the Perfect Strangers episode is about that exact same thing. And when you hear them talk, they have these thick French-German accents. And I'm like, people did not fucking pick up on this at all for like two years. Doesn't Cousin Larry come out and do like a dance with with, with a Yeah, with yeah, yeah. then he comes out in a boombox that goes, yo. And then they do a whole song exposing the producer that he yeah. lip syncs. Everybody lip syncs. But anyways. What a, what a, <laughs> what a crazy scandal. Yeah, it was that was a crazy time to be alive. I remember all remember of that. Remember Ashley Simpson? Uh, uh, yeah, what happened with her? Jessica Simpson's yes, like sister, young yeah, sister. Yeah. She had like a show on MTV, and then she went on SNL, and then oh, her, she freaked out or something, right? You could hear she yeah, had a you malfunction, could hear her, like backtrack her singing, and it wasn't and it wasn't matching what she was doing. That's she, like, right. Did she like walk off stage? Yes, she just yeah. left. I remember that too. That happened to Millie Vanilli. The, the track got stuck and kept repeating, and they panicked, and they had to fucking run off. Well, I mean, now a lot of artists, when yeah. they perform live, will have their song playing right. Like, right. with the lyrics. Right. That they're just, That's they're not li- uncommon. Right. They're lip syncing, but it's their own. They sang it. But they did sing it. They There's sang. a difference between yeah. you actually singing it yeah. and telling people and never having sung yes. it and lip And telling people, yes, that's us. I mean, they yeah. denied multiple times that is us on the album. Oh, it's such a good. It's a good. But what if like what? What if what's on the song is so heavily edited and retooled it and auto tuned that they different. could never actually recreate it with just a microphone? Yeah, can't. Yeah, that I, I think that there's definitely an issue there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that, I mean that almost is the same as not singing the song, right? At that point, because you're just not. That's not you. Yeah, it's like you with a lot of help, right? But I mean, okay. that, that was always a thing with um. T Pain. Yeah, he can actually sing, but his voice is so auto tuned so, in a lot of yeah. his songs. Like a like, that, no way, sound. No one sounds like that. So wait, would this fly if you were pretend pre- presented with a band? Let's say it was Millie Vanilli, but yeah. they told you these are the singers, but these guys are going to perform the song because no. they got the moves. Would that no. would that make a difference? Be like, what the fuck is that? Oh no! No, why would anyone want to watch that? If you knew this was the package, would it? Uh, yeah, why would you? Well, what, what do you think of Gorillas? 
So, but they're playing. Mm. That's an, they're singing. The, but they're an animated they're an animated band, but there's real people. Vision. But there's people playing those instruments behind this behind the screen. Yes, singing. So it's a little different. I don't know. I was like, if we no, knew, there's no way you would you could sell me on watching someone on <laughs> perform someone else's song. Yeah, like that. What if it's like Sia? Like she's there in the background singing, but she has someone else actually performing oh oh that's interesting she does that yeah well she'll just yeah stand she doesn't with like to be up on stage that's yeah interesting. that's interesting the guy from tool also will be in the shadows in the back of the stage because he wants it to be about the music and he like doesn't want you to focus on him as like the lead singer i don't well, know well none of this is the same as what this could be no <laughs> no nobody will be millie Vanilli. i mean they were they were the butt I mean, of they were already, i didn't know that i, I always thought yeah. of them as the one hit wonders yeah and, like Looked like shit. Yeah. And, and oh, I didn't they realize sold, that they didn't they sing were, their songs. They didn't sing it and they sold huge, huge, yeah. huge vanilli, amounts vanilli, of records. Vanilli. All right. Anyways, that's it. I also saw Hamilton live on stage. If anybody cares, nobody cares. It was great. Iman Vellani. Is Hamilton the one where it's fu- Is that funny? No. No, it's li- it's about uh, Alexander it's, Hamilton. It, it, it's like they rap history. It's the rap history of the birth of the country. But these tickets, my sister played the lottery. They were second row in the middle. Amazing seats. I, could, I think King George spit on me. It was amazing. He was, <laughs> King George definitely was staring right at us. He was looking at us. We were that close in the, during the end of his song. But Hamilton's amazing. It was a great show. Anyways, whatever. Crazy sees crazy. They know. He's, he, we locked eyes. I swear to God. Anyways, that's it for this week. Um, out this week, you guys, Invincible Season 2 premieres November 3rd. I think that's this Friday. Nice. So, so we've got a lot of things to watch. Then there's the Marvels. Then there's the Godzilla show all coming in November. Oh, oh November 3rd, they're going to drop a Jet Jaguar versus Godzilla short. Oh. Oh. And a Godzilla versus Megalon animated short, 3D animation. So it's Godzilla Day, November 3rd. And then I think... Uh, minus one minus drops seven. in in Japan, and we'll probably start getting the first leaks out of oh, that. It so it's going to be there fun before. week. Oh man, oh, and invincible! A lot of things, a lot of things to look forward to. Rugs, where can the listener find you online? Minus one, uh, really, Rug Boy on X. X him over there. You can get formerly known as Tweeters. All the links to everything on our website, jockandnerd.com. Uh, most important thing, though, listener, share the show, spread it around. Thanks for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. He's the nerd. We'll peep you next time. I really don't give a shit. I like turtles. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes Sometimes it may be shit. shit. Jock and Nerd. Sometimes maybe shit and sometimes maybe watery shit.